0: Hey, this is Minta, and you're listening to Mint, the podcast equipping you to run the race of faith well. I like to say that we meet at the intersection of real life and the Word of God. Together, let's find practical ways we can grow stronger in our faith, live according to truth, and love those around us. I love hearing from you. So if you've been impacted by the show or have a question or just need prayer, please drop me an email at the address listed in the show notes. Mint is listener-supported, and we would be so honored if you would consider making a donation to help keep us on the airwaves. All donations are tax-deductible. Simply head to our website for more details, www.amintageisler.com. Let's do this faith journey together. Well, Welcome to the show. I am so excited that you are here for this seventh episode of our series Walk With Me when we are going through the Beatitudes from Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. I'm so excited to have you here. Before we jump in, I just want to share a little life update with you because we're doing this faith journey together, right? So I just want to share with you what God has done Uh, with my hubby and I. We just did a 21-day fast with our church, and it was so incredible what God did. We actually did a 21-day Daniel fast, and we took a break from social media. And a Daniel fast, for those of you that haven't heard of it, comes from the story of Daniel in that book in the Bible, and he lives on a diet of vegetables and fruit and water Uh, For 14 days to gain wisdom and favor in his situation. And so we did a 21-day Daniel fast. And because we wanted to press in for wisdom and clarity in some life situations for our family, we've been just thinking about uh, Ben making big job changes and me and ministry and going into um, this spring. What What decisions do we need to make? And how do we handle everything that's in our lap? Because it's a lot of work living in a gutted out remodeling house. And so we just needed clarity from the Lord. And so we pressed in. And in the interest of full disclosure, it was so hard. And we were so crabby, especially Ben. Love you, honey, but you know it's true. And really um, struggled. But in those moments when we did Press in. And when we did just stop and pray, and when we did turn to the word and read it, we saw God move. And It was so good. We made some huge decisions on job stuff for Ben, and those changes will be announced shortly. Uh, There was a lot of clarity given for me, but mostly I just experienced a renewing in my spirit, and I just got so encouraged by God. And he showed me the things that were holding me down and the things that were tripping me up and the things that were making me feel sad and depressed and just really frustrated and weary. Yeah, uh, in the ministry walk, and so he revealed those things to me, and he he clarified to me what actually was hurting me, and then he gave me some insight about what I can do to make some changes. And he just brought about these uh, encounters with people where I would just ask a question, and they would give me an answer, and it would be just what my soul needed. You know, I had run into um, an area FCA director. Uh, Zach, if you're listening, you and your wife, Tanya, and we had dinner with them and I had asked him, I said, well, how do you handle negative feedback? What do you do? And he's like, oh, man, you got to just surround yourself with a group of people that encourage you and build you up and are always positive. And they know you and they know your gifts, so they can remind you of that. But they also love you enough to process criticism with you and help you find the truth in it, but then help you move on from it too and build you up. So you just need a good team of people around you. And and not that I don't have good people around me, but I do just need to reach out more and be more intentional to say to the people um, who are with me in this ministry, journey. Hey guys, I'm hurting. Can you help me process this and move forward? So even just little things like that. God just used it to uh, renew my spirit and fix my heart. I love it. He gave really good next direction for Ben. We both feel a peace. We had made a list before this started of like 25 things that are on our plate. And we were like, we can't keep all 25. And most of them are really amazing opportunities, but it's like we we literally physically could not do all 25, but had no idea how to filter down. And so we just made a list and we did the fast and then we sat down on the last day of the fast and it was easy. We just went through and clicked off what made it to the other side. And it wasn't hard, it wasn't confusing. We just had so much peace and clarity. Um, but it's so funny, the day that we could start to eat normal food, After school, Ben came home. He had a couple cookies, which he was really excited about. And then we were working on the bathroom in the basement. And we were in there talking and laughing and hanging up towel bars. And our son, who's seven, comes in and he says, Mom, what's wrong? And I said, what? He's like, you guys are laughing. And it just was, we had been so crabby for 21 days that he thought something was wrong because we were laughing because he was so not used to hearing us laugh. And so... Oh, man. we Then we felt even worse and laughed even harder. It's like, wow, we really must have been a hot mess. But it was so good what God showed us. And sometimes when we purposely put ourselves in positions like that where we just become desperate for God, He shows up. He meets us when we seek Him. And so we got clarity. We also realized how addicted to sugar and carbs we are. But we are just really thankful for that intimate time. And I'm excited to share with you. Um, moving forward, but some of the big changes are coming for our family. But really excited about that. And that is for another show. But anybody, I just wanted to encourage some of you listening, if you need clarity on something, if you need insight, if you're feeling unsatisfied, if you're feeling too busy and overwhelmed, and you don't know what to cut out, or you feel like you need some direction for a situation or a circumstance in your life that's hard, I encourage you to try a fast. It does not have to be 21 days. It doesn't even have to be a Daniel fast. Maybe you just do one week where you turn off social media and you don't eat dessert or something. And then those times when you miss the social media and you miss dessert, you just stop and pray, Lord, I need you more than I need anything else. Just show me, Lord, what you have for me. I I am desperate for you, Lord. Just a simple prayer like that. And I promise you, friends, he will show up. And, and the other thing I realized too when I fast is that I take more time to listen. I think in, a, in daily life, I do a good job of praying, but I don't always then sit in silence and wait for an answer or wait for a Bible verse to come to mind or wait for somebody to call and give um, a, something they heard from the Lord for me. So listening is a really important important part of fasting too, is making sure we're silent enough to hear what God is saying as we press in to seek him. So, all right that is enough for my uh, pitch for why you should fast. I just wanted to share my life update with you, though, and just tell you that I feel so renewed and so encouraged. I'm excited now to jump into Beatitude number seven, the peacemakers. So let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for this Sermon on the Mount and what it teaches us about how we walk in step with you. Will you give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and hearts that are open to receiving a word from you and following through. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, I am going to read the seventh beatitude. We're in Matthew 5, verse number 7 says this, God blesses those who work for peace for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who work for peace, that's the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Now, God is a God of peace. And we probably already know that, but in Hebrews 13, 20, he is called the God of peace. In Romans 16, 20, it is said, he is the God of peace. May the God of peace be with you. And so God, in his very essence, his spirit is peace, which is so incredible. And he brings us two kinds of peace. And the main two kinds that we're going to talk about today is, number one, he brings us peace with him. God has made a way for us to be at peace with him. I am going to turn to Colossians. So if you hear my pages flipping, you know why. Colossians 1, verses 19 through 22, it says this. For God, in all of his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. He made peace with everything on earth. God did that. He took away the punishment. He took away his wrath from our sins, our mistakes, and he made peace. And that spirit of who he is, That helps us to be peacemakers too, which brings us to the second kind of peace that the Bible talks about, and that's peace among all of his people. And so when we have God's spirit of peace in us, we have that spirit and we are peacemakers. That's the gift of having his presence inside of us. That's our inheritance. That's the power available to us. We are peacemakers if we have Jesus in our heart. We've been given that spirit i'm going to turn now to romans chapter 12 you can flip with me if you want otherwise i will read it out loud romans chapter 12 verse 17 to 21 and it says this never pay back evil with more evil do things in such a way everyone can see your honorable honorable and do all that you can to live in peace with everyone I'm going to repeat that one. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I'll pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. So don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. But what I really want to point out here is this. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Isn't that a huge charge? Wow. Do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. That's a big calling on our life. Now I'm flipping to Hebrews 12 verses 14 to 15. says something really similar. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out, no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And again, it starts out, work at living at peace with everyone. So that is our challenge. That's our calling. God calls us to be people who engage and initiate peace. Do all that you can. Now, a little further on in Matthew, same Sermon on the Mount, 5.23, Jesus says, if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and suddenly remember somebody has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Isn't that crazy? If you you have wronged somebody intentionally or not, and you know somebody's got something against you, before you go to God with your sacrifice, with your prayers, he wants you to go make peace with somebody else. If somebody has something against you, isn't that crazy? So what does this look like? Well, let's like most of the things that Jesus asked of us, <laughs> be at peace with everyone and do all that you can. Um, and before you present a sacrifice go to the altar, what does that look like? It's pretty radical, right? This whole section on the Beatitudes and then the Sermon on the Mount, the rest of it that follows, Jesus calls us to live so radically. And it's so important that we follow it. I'm going to flip to 2 Corinthians. We're doing so much scripture today, but when we're done, you will know that you know that you know (laughs) what God has to say about being a peacemaker. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 says this, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view and how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has become, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Man, how important is that? We are called to be at peace with others because we are his ambassadors to help make a way for others to be at peace with God. We. Because we are at peace with God, share that peace with others so they can find peace with God. That's how important it is. And now, how radical is that? I'm going to flip to Proverbs. Love the Proverbs. Read one every day. Would highly recommend it. If you want to grow in wisdom, Proverbs 25 verses 21 through 22 says this, if your enemies are hungry, give them food to eat if they're thirsty, give them water to drink. You will heap burning coals of shame on their head and the Lord will reward you. That's how radical it is. We are to be at peace with everyone, even our enemies, those who hurt us. We are called to try to bring peace there by feeding them and giving them something to drink, giving them clothes this is not an easy call, this peacemaker thing. Nowhere in scripture yet have we found it say, be at peace with everyone who's easy. Be at peace with everyone who treats you nicely. Be at peace with those who have the same viewpoints as you. <laughs> be at peace with those who are super sorry for how they wronged you. None of that's in here. It says. You do what you can to be at peace with everybody, regardless of how they treat you. This is radical and hard, and it requires humility. We have talked about humility, right? That was the one of the first Beatitudes. I think it was number three when we were talking about the holy emptiness. What is the posture of our hearts so that God can fill us up with his righteousness? Humility. Laying aside our right, what we deserve, what we think we're owed, what's fair, laying that aside, humbling ourselves for the sake of somebody else so that we can reconcile other people to the Lord, that we can be ambassadors of peace to them. Now, this is shown so beautifully in 2 Corinthians, so I'm going to uh, flip back there. Second Corinthians 6, verses 3 to 10. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. And no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we're true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We've been beaten, put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. I'm going to keep going. We prove ourselves. By our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love, we faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in one hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God, whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We're honest, but they call us imposters. We're ignored, even though we're well-known. We live close to death, but we're alive. We've been beaten, but we're not killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others we own nothing yet we have everything this i think paints a beautiful picture no matter how we're treated no matter what we endure we keep going with that message of god's love we keep being at peace with everyone doing everything that we can i just think it's such a wonderful picture We forgive. We love. We are patient. We are kind. We keep going. We serve. We are honest. That's how we be like Jesus. A peacemaker is a humble, Christ-like person that puts others first and lays down its rights for the sake of peace. Now, I know that this seems a little bit extreme, but remember, we do this because God first made peace with us when we didn't deserve it, when we didn't earn it, when we were lost, he made peace with us because of Christ's blood, and he guaranteed our eternity in heaven forever. And out of our gratefulness for that, and out of our reverence for him and his love for us, we do this for other people. So, Minta, you ask, it's a lot of really nice scripture. That's great. I, I know now what so much says about peacemaking. But this all sounds good, Minta, but I've heard it before, probably on your podcast but what does that really look like? Because Minta, if you knew my situation, it's, it's really bad. I have a neighbor who's so mean, I've done nothing to them. I don't even know what I can do, but they literally close the door when I come. Or I have a wayward kid who wants nothing to do with me because he doesn't want anything to do with his faith. So how am I supposed to make peace with that, Minta? I've tried a million times. My son won't talk to me. Or maybe I have a spouse who was unfaithful to me. I came and look at him in the face right now, Minta. How do you expect me to expend extend peace to that person? Or maybe you have a coworker who took credit for your great idea, and they talk badly about you behind your back. They're sabotaging you at work. Do you honestly need to help that person? I mean... So often we read about these wonderful ideas in scripture, like being a peacemaker, and then we get to a situation in our life that's overwhelming or extremely hard or we're being wronged, and it is so difficult to implement that. It's so difficult to put aside your own feelings, put aside your own situation, and press on no matter what the response is. So how do we start? Because I want to acknowledge and leave space for the fact that there's many people listening to this that have difficult relationship situations. And I don't want it to come across flippant at all. Like, hey, just pick up your cross, die to self, let's go, no big deal. What's your problem? Let's do this. No, this costs. This is hard That's why we do it together. That's why we encourage each other. That's why you need, like I was talking about uh, what I learned with my fast. You need a group of people around you going, you got this. Don't give up. I see you keep going. Because implementing this, being a peacemaker, doing all you can to be at peace with everyone is not easy and you will get tired. You will get weary. It might feel hopeless, but we got to link arms and do this together and keep going. So I'm just going to give a few practical ways that I think we start this. Number one, it's always good to ask God for help. If you don't know where to start, start there. Pray. Ask God to show you what. You could do. Just ask him to reveal the next step or give you wisdom or insight into that person's life. Like, God, show me your heart for this person. God, show me what's really going on here. The Bible says that if we pray and ask for the spirit of wisdom and understanding, it will be given to us. So do that. And then the other thing I would recommend pray for that person's, for God to bless them. Pray for their blessing like the verse in Romans says, to pray for your enemies, pray God will bless them. It is almost impossible to stay mad at somebody when you're praying for the Lord to change their heart, their life, to fill them up to overflowing, to give them hope that passes understanding. This is what God tells us to do because when we start praying for blessing for other people, we can't help but start to have love start flow out for that person. And that just helps us not get better in our heart. That helps us to have more empathy for that other side. It gives us Maybe just a step up in our situation because it doesn't allow bitterness to take root. If you're praying for somebody, for the Lord to bless their life, it's really hard to stay bitter or angry at them. So pray. Pray and ask God to help you, and he will. The second thing is um, we have to be willing to humble ourselves and initiate. And so even if you've initiated before, even if you don't want to initiate— We have to just take one step first. Is in as far as it depends on us, the Bible says, do what you can. So that sounds a lot like some of these catchphrases. Hey, could we talk? Hey, I didn't mean for what I said to come across that way. Can can we try again? Hey, can I ask you something? Hey, I'm sorry. Can we talk later? So, those are just a few phrases that help open up the conversation. Anytime you lead with I'm sorry, it's going to soften the other side. Anytime you lead with hey, can we talk or hey, I didn't mean for this or hey, can I ask you something, but we come in with a humble posture, owning our actions. And we can do this. It's hard, but it's good. My husband Ben, I want to give him props. He is so good at this when we have a disagreement, not that we ever fight. Just kidding. When we have a disagreement, he is so good. He's teaching me. He always comes to me first. And he says, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for it to come out like that. Oh, can we start over? Please forgive me. He is so good at that. And it just crumbles my defenses and my anger. It's such a good. So lead with I'm sorry or lead with I didn't mean for it. But whatever you do, uh, just try to be the initiator. Number three, Do something nice for them. If you aren't ready to reach out, if you have prayed for them and nothing else is happening, do something nice. Bring them over a plate of cookies, leave it on their step, make them a meal, send flowers, uh, pick up their favorite coffee if you know them well enough to know that about them, shovel their driveway, uh, bring them a little coffee when you go to work, volunteer to help them if you see them struggling with something. This is like a kill them with kindness type thing. Acts of love, Faith and action always help. (laughs) And so if, if you're not quite ready for the conversation part of this, start with doing something nice. And then finally, number four, just on my little practical things to get you started, not that you have to do all these things, but maybe one will resonate with you. The fourth one is this, fast. And if you have done all the other things or you're not ready to do those other things, the fast is so great to just, Lord, give me the strength to be a peacemaker here. Lord, I need breakthrough and I need it to come from you. Lord, I need courage to do this. And so God, I'm going to go without my phone, social media for a week and I'm going to just press into you, God. Will you give me the courage that I need during that time so that I can be a peacemaker once again? So I just want to encourage that. We started out this episode by talking about the power of fasting. And I think this is one of those situations where God really shows up and helps us if you are in a situation that you feel like it's impossible for peace to happen or reconciliation to happen I just want to encourage you if everything else has failed try fasting press in seek the Lord be desperate for him and he will show up and he will change the circumstances I just know it the times in my life that I have done this God has blessed my efforts so much He shows up with his power, and usually it's that he softens my heart, and he changes me, and he removes the yucky stuff in my insides so that I can have compassion. Man, I can't talk today. I need like more caffeine or something. I am so sorry. But so that I can have compassion and mercy and grace for that other person. So don't expect that if you fast, God's going to change the other person, although sometimes that might happen but expect that it's going to bring about a heart change in you that enables you to see it or view it or handle the situation differently. Or he might just show up and blow your socks off by changing the circumstances, but either way, pressing in is always helpful. All right, let's pray. That was number seven. I hope that you join us next time for the final beatitude, number eight. God blesses those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you for what you tell us in your word about being peacemakers. And even though, God, it is a very radical calling on our our lives, I know that it's possible through the power of your Holy Spirit. So, God, I just ask today for a fresh outpouring of your Spirit on those listening who maybe need help in a peacemaking situation. God, will you make us strong? Will you make us humble enough to admit when we're wrong? Will you give us courage to initiate and to do nice things for those people who we are at odds with? And God, we just ask that you would come because you are the God of reconciliation and that you would bring peace where there needs to be peace. God, we thank you and we love you in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Mint, the podcast dedicated to making spiritual things practical. If you want more information about Mint or Reckless Abandoned Ministries, you can just head to our website at www.amintageisler.com for more information.